by now most of you, or probably some of you may have heard the phrase, ride or die friend. Now I don't know about you, but the first time I heard that phrase, I was rather puzzled because it didn't make any sense to me. And even when a dear friend of mine who knows every urban lingo on the planet tried explaining it, it still didn't make any sense to me. He tried telling me that the ride or die friend is someone who has your back all the way. Didn't make any sense because for me, I am wondering why does the person have to die? Why can't the person simple, simply ride? Why does it have to be a choice between ride or die to prove that you are a friend? Why can't it simply be without the dying part? And even the riding part, I don't do so well. So, But after multiple explanations and multiple attempts, I could tell he was getting frustrated with my simplistic way of thinking about it. You see, I was overanalyzing the ride or die because in the middle of the ride or die, there is that word or. And for me, it's an option. And if I had an option to choose between riding or dying, I am going to ride. I am not intending to die until the good savior has called me home. So it took him a while, but eventually after a few explanations, I kind of got a gist of what the ride or die friend thinks, thing really means. It is someone who is willing to be there with you and for you at all times, even in the face of danger. What is funny, I called him again last night. And I said, could you explain it to me again? And he was like, let me tell you again. It is someone who will go along with you and support you all the way, come what may. Now, you know, while the ride or die expression may not be the most suitable, for a healthy and wholesome and transformative relationship, it does make a point. It alludes to the value of friendship. It speaks to the necessity of having someone with you to go all the way on the journey of life because the truth is we cannot do life by ourselves. Life was meant to be shared. We cannot do life by ourselves. So this idea of ride or die, let's leave out the dying part, but this idea of being someone there to go with you all the way is so a part of who we are as humans. The desire to have a friend, the desire to have someone who has committed to being with you every step of the way. Just as how it is that we can't do life by ourselves, the same it is that we cannot do the journey of discipleship by ourselves. We can't walk this path alone. We cannot take this journey by ourselves. Today we are wrapping up our series on the practices, the six practices of disciples of Jesus Christ. And this morning we're looking at developing spiritual friendship. We had talked about the practices that Jesus modeled for us that we are supposed to take on and live into as, as his disciples. We talked about prayer, praying daily. We talked about reading scripture daily, studying scripture. We talked about worshiping regularly, showing up and being together with the body of Christ to worship Christ and to receive the grace of God that will transform our lives and transform the world. We talked about serving regularly, 
as we have been given, so we are expected to go and give. And we talk about generosity, knowing that all that we have comes from God. And as such, we are expected to share in the ways that are healthy a portion of that which God has given us, be it of our time, our resources, to be generous in all that we do. And today, we're going to be talking about developing spiritual friendship. In our gospel that was read by Megan, we hear Jesus calling his disciples friends. Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples before he was about to be crucified. Jesus knew the pain his disciples were experiencing because he told them, in a little while, I'm going away. And where I am going, you cannot come. And the disciples were saddened to hear that. They were saddened that this man that they had been with, this teacher, this rabbi who had transformed their lives, was telling them that he was going away and they can't come where he was going. And so it's in that moment of their grief that Jesus gave them one of the most precious gifts that he could have ever, ever given them. Jesus looked at them and called them friend. Jesus said to them, no longer are you servants. No longer are you just men who had traveled with me or walked with me, men who did the things I ask of you, but today I call you friends. No longer are you just disciples. Today I call you friends. These are men who had walked with Jesus. In the midst of all that Jesus had encountered as he did his ministry from city to city, town to town, the disciples were with him. No longer were they servants just following him, but now he called them friend. Now, while it is not outrightly said at that point why Jesus considered them as friends, there are, there are a number of things that we can draw from in the Gospels to give us a reasonable conclusion why Jesus called them friends. Let me share a few with you. For example, the disciples were with Jesus every step of the way of his ministry. If you remember, some of them were fishermen, and Jesus saw them tending to their nets and, and said, come and follow me. And they dropped all that they had. They waved goodbye to their father, and they followed him. If you remember, they, they traveled with him from town to town, city to city, going with him as he was telling people about the good news of God's love for them and the kingdom of God being near to them. If you remember that these were the same men who walked with Jesus when he was challenged by the religious leaders because he was teaching a gospel or a message that was different from what the people heard before. They were with him when he was not only challenged, but when he was accused of being a devil and accused of being a drunkard. When Jesus welcomed those who were marginalized and, and showed grace to those who were outcasts, these men were with him. They were with him when he was threatened to be thrown off a cliff by those who resisted his teaching. They were basically with him every step of the way in the good times and in the hard times. The disciples were with him and so after that commitment, after that faithfulness of walking with him every step of the way and coming to this point, Jesus looked at them and said, no longer are you servants, 
but you are now my friends. The disciples were with him and, and Jesus saw their commitment to him and he loved them. And he called them friends. But there is something about this text that just dawned on me as I was going it over this week. Not only did Jesus love them, but he also needed their love. I am going to say it again because it may sound a little bit strange to your ears. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God, Christ incarnate, coming down in flesh. What are you saying, Pastor Carolyn? I am saying that not only did Jesus love them, but Jesus also needed their love. For what he was about to experience, he needed their love. You see, it was just before Jesus was about to be crucified. And even though he was the son of God, he was still going to be crucified. Even though he was with God from the start of creation, he was still going to be nailed on a cross. And there are some journeys, church, there are some journeys we should never do by ourselves. And so Jesus not only loved the disciples, but he needed their love. And in that vulnerable moment, Jesus gave them, them his love and he received their love. But he also knew that they would need to love each other. He also knew for what would happen after he was no longer physically on earth, the disciples needed to be friends with each other because they would face trials themselves. They would face the courts and the inquiries of those who resisted them and they would not be able to do the journey by themselves. And so he told them, I am praying for you. And not only for you, but for all those who will come to follow me because of your word. A little bit later in John 17, this is what he tells them in verses 19 and 20. That not only am I praying for you, that you will be one as the Father and I are one. That you will be friends, that you will come into this relationship, this fellowship that the Father and I have. But that all those who come after you because of the word that you speak about me, that they too will be one. They too will be friends. They too will be in this fellowship. Jesus knew that we couldn't do life by ourselves. Church, I cannot overemphasize the importance of developing spiritual friendships. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we cannot do this journey alone. And so we need people who will be there for us, to walk with us, to hold us when we are not so steady, to support us when, when the, the cares of life come dashing in. We need to have the people who will walk alongside us. Yes, we need people who are like-minded in Christ. Yes, we need people who are fellow believers and, and, and worshipers of God. We need people to be there with us. We need people to, to hold us up when we are tired, when we are falling on the journey. No matter how strong you may think someone is in his or her faith, that person didn't start as a mature disciple. There were others who were there supporting him or her along the way. People who will remind us of the promises of God when life gets really hard. People who will tell us again and again that God loves us. And that they love us too and they'll be there with us when life is just too heavy. 
Jesus modeled a way of discipleship that he invited the disciples into and called us into the same. I know it's scary to say that we need friends because what it means is that we're going to have to show our vulnerability. We're going to have to be transparent. We're going to have to allow others to see behind the walls that we put up to protect ourselves and even to protect our egos. But when we are disciples of Jesus Christ, we cannot do life alone. We can't do it by ourselves. And we have to have those who are beside us. If I should tell you all the people who have prayed for me over the years, I would need a list as long as this. If I tell you of all the people who have promised to be with me in ministry, even before I came into the Methodist Church, I would need a whole book. If I tell you about all the women who have committed and covenanted to pray with me and fast with me and for me for every appointment that I have received as a pastor in the United Methodist Church, people who will text me and say, I was praying for you the, to, um, last night or the Lord laid you on my heart. This morning when I woke up, there was a text on my phone saying, call me, I need to pray for you before you go to church. This was somebody in Columbus, Ohio. People praying for me, because sometimes we cannot pray for ourselves. Sometimes we are so burdened that the words will not make any sense to us, and that's why we need spiritual friendships. We need to develop them. We need to have the people around us who will, you know, rank and file to support us when the enemy comes in with all the blows that could knock us out to say Jesus is for you and because Jesus is for you, the enemy cannot be, be victorious over you. We need spiritual friends. One of the best examples of friendships we have, we'll ever see, we see in the stories of the Gospels of Mark and Luke. A man who was paralyzed for years, his friends heard that Jesus was gonna show up at a particular house. The friends took him there, but the house was jam-packed because people from near and far came to see this man called Jesus. They had problems and only Jesus could solve their problems and so they came. And so when the friends got there, there was no way to take this man into the house. And you know what they did, church? They did only what true friends would have done. They climbed onto the roof and took tiles off the roof and lowered this man who had been paralyzed for years in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw not only their faith, but their commitment and their friendship, Jesus, I dare to say, was moved by it. And he healed the man. There are going to be times in our lives when we feel like we cannot get to the throne of grace and we're going to need friends to move us along. We're going to need friends to take off some of the tiles of the hardship of life from off us and, and, and take us to the throne of God because we are tired and weary and we cannot do it on our own. I invite you to find those people. Find those people who will support you and pray for you. Find those people who, when the tears are coming down your faces, who will say, I am here for you and I am here with you. Find those people. They make a difference in life and they will make a difference in your life. Developing spiritual friendship. I think it's one of the ways that we'll best grow. As scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron so it is a friend sharpens a friend. My prayer for you today and for all of us 
is that we'll find those people, people who will challenge us, people who will encourage us, but also challenge us to grow deeper and deeper in our faith and closer and closer in our walk with Christ. Friends who will be there with us every step of the way. Find those people. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.